You know, I'm doing in-person experiences again. I'm doing the virtual as well. And the happy side effect of that is, you know, with my in-person, I usually like to not do more than 30 people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but in virtual, I can do as many as I want, right? Welcome back to another episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship, the podcast. I'm your host, Georgianne, and tonight we have a very special guest, a longtime friend and colleague of mine, Rashna, and she is the founder of Whiskey Stories. So Rashna, please go ahead and give us your introduction and tell us a little bit about your business. Sure thing. Um, Firstly, great to see you, Georgie, and thank you for inviting me on your podcast. Uh, So I am the founder of Whiskey Stories, and Whiskey Stories is my immersive multi-sensory whiskey experience company. Uh, we are eight years old. We turned eight years on March 29th. <laughs> Woohoo! Happy and birthday. For, thank you very much. And there are actually three tiers to my business. There are the immersive experiences. Uh, we have a line of luxury unisex whiskey-based uh, luxury colognes, and I have a VIP paid membership club where I teach people how to invest in whiskey. So with that, I've created an ecosystem, if you will, of all things whiskey. <laughs> nice. Um, so the very first thing I want to start off with, which um, may be, you know, less stereotypical now, but from, you know, movies and TVs and just content out there. It's often a conversation of men, whiskey. And here you are, you know, breaking um, stereotypes in that industry. So what got you interested (laughs) in whiskey? And like, how did you find that, you know, that drink, that beverage? And what, you know, made you want to build a business on top of that? Well, it's a bit of a crazy story. Uh, My first day in America, in New York City, was 9-11. I didn't grow up in the U.S. And uh, I had a job in advertising and I got laid off because of 9-11 and I was on a work visa. So that meant find another job or get out of the country. Mm. And so I started looking for anything and everything. And a week before I, my visa ran out, I had a choice to pack my bags or continue looking. And I felt like if I packed my bags, that's putting it out into the universe that I give up. So I refused <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I got a job with uh, Johnny Walker as my client. Mm. Um, and so until then I had never thought of drinking whiskey or, you know, trying it or anything like that. And once I started, it was like something awoke in me, the storytelling, the history Uh, You know, some of the first distillers and alchemists in history were women, and a lot of people don't know that, and and 30% of whiskey volume is accounted for by women. So I started digging deeper, and I, before I knew it, I had found my life's calling, (laughs) and I knew that whiskey was going to be that path forward, and the rest is history. (laughs) Nice. And so where are you originally from? Let's, um, Let's share that with the audience. Um, I was born in Kuwait in the Middle East, um, Mm -hmm. and I grew up on a Greek island, Cyprus, but we're Indian. My family is from India. Oh, so you have 
have had experiences in different places of the world and just been able to mix with different cultures. And that also, yes. that potentially speaks a little to now um, one of the lines that you said in your lines of business is mixing and infusing whiskey into different things. So let, let's, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Cause I know I saw that you have like a Mac and cheese whiskey infusion dinner tasting. So just let us know a little bit about some of these experiences and like what made you shift from the interest, the it, history to the experiences, right? So working, I've been working with whiskey for about 15 years. And before I went full-time with my business by day, I used to work on whiskey. You know, I used to work in McAllen, Highland Park. I used to help design whiskeys as well. And what I found is that all whiskey tastings run the same. Mm-hmm. And they kind of all appeal to the same person type of people. So unless you're already into whiskey, it's a little hard for people to really decipher it. So I wanted to create something that's immersive and multi-century where I use things you're used to, like food flavor fragrance, as a way to decipher whiskey. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, because at the end of the day, history is great. Travel is great to a distillery, all that's great. But what people are looking for is a way to really be able to drink whiskey in a way that they enjoy it. So that's what I do at Whiskey Stories is I use um, funtainment and fun information as a way for them to decipher whiskey. And that comes through food flavor, fragrance, texture, sight, sound. You know, our venue is designed like a vintage dollhouse to give people permission to play with whiskey. The colors help them relax. And so they're more leaned into the process. Um, The different themes I created were actually as a way to to invite different target markets. So for example, those who are aficionados and already used to whiskey, they tend to go for our flavors of Asia experience or Japanese versus Scotch saga or Irish versus Scotch saga. They tend to go for those. The others who are, I like to call them curious, whiskey curious, you know, they tend to go for the ones that are attached to comfort food, like mac and cheese, whiskey Mm -hmm. and whiskey infused donuts. And so that allows them to feel like, all right, that's something I know I can do. And most people have tried mac and cheese or tried donuts, at least in the U.S. So I use things that they were used to as a way to decipher that flavor. So that's where the themes came from. Nice. And so now, you know, you've been doing whiskey for the last 15 years. You've had your business for the last eight years. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that transition from working with these bigger brands to now stepping out on your own. What was that like and what made you decide to do that? It's interesting how uh, sometimes I, you know, I mean this in a good way, uh, careful what you wish for. The universe has a way of forcing your hand. Mm -hmm. So um, in 2018, I uh, was still working. I was, you know, you've known me a while, so you know that I was Mm -hmm. parallel pathing both. I was working full time in whiskey by day. I was also running my company. It was a lot, right? Because I was also pursuing my passions in satire writing, acting and stand-up comedy also mm-hmm. with that. So it was a lot of different things. And um, what ended up happening was in 2018, our company did a restructure and I was going to ask them to be freelance anyway. Mm. And they beat me to it. <laughs> and they said, you know, you'll be freelance. So 
the good thing about freelance is you end up making more money than a full-time job sometimes. So I felt like the universe is really prepping me to do what I wanted to do anyway. I really have no excuse anymore. So I was able to work from home, you know, for about six to eight months freelancing. And then that six to eight months, I used that to really establish my business so that I could go ahead and do it full time. Yeah. yeah. So that transition. So that transition happened quite organically um, and in a good way, because who knows, maybe if it hadn't happened, I would still be parallel pathing and killing myself (laughs) trying to do both, you know? Yeah. I love that terminology, parallel pathing and just it's so easy to kind of almost get caught up in the information that we see out there of like this person, you know, super people and super women, superman, like, like, you know, they'll, they're doing it all. They have it all. But you, when you have the ability to niche down and really focus your energy and your time on what you want to do, and you're also generating, you know, your monthly income and able to live off of that, you know, you could do one thing at a time. And then if you want to do, you know, corporate here, then freelance and then your own business. I think that's a, that's healthier, right. Overall versus like you said, like killing yourself and trying to do all the things at the same time. And so now, you know, the universe said you want to do your business. Well, let's make it happen. And so how did it feel? Um, you know, so I'm going to actually take a turn back. So you started it while you were still working, you know, full time. What inspired you to start it as like a side hustle, side business, like you were talking about? Was there like a a specific person or a specific experience that ignited wanting to um, have these experiences and getting other people interested um, and introduced to whiskey or just having more experiences around whiskey? Um, Eight years ago, I found myself at a crossroad. Uh, I had just lost my dad. And, Mm. you know, my dad uh, was a self-made man and he was completely himself. Mm. So as part of the grieving process, I started, I took to comedy and writing as a way to heal and remember him. But also what I learned through that was I am more myself as I'm doing these things. I'm a storyteller at heart. And whiskey is another passion of mine. It's my art form. So at that time, I was in between jobs as well. And I was thinking about what's my next step? What do I do? And so I went to a uh, brainstorming session. And in that, you know, I showed up with some 16 whiskey books or something. It said, <laughs> I know, I know whiskey. And let's talk about it. And as through that, you know, Whiskey Stories was born there in that think tank, that eight-week think tank. And um, from there, I just started doing small tastings in my home. And I started where most whiskey tastings are are done in kind of the same way, but it changed to more fairly quickly. So, you know, in that, that was my kind of launching pad for that right but what happens is is that when you start a business you kind of work at more as like a business operator than a business owner you don't it's just it's not your mindset so I was running my business but I was running it more like a business operator so there was an aha moment where I thought okay how do I act like a business owner Mm -hmm. and there's that mindset shift that comes in and that's where you start to think, all right, well, 
you can't do a little bit of everything because you're committing to nothing, mm-hmm. you know, but I do think those steps of trying a lot of things is very important to fine tuning and getting clarity. So I don't regret parallelopathy. It was important because actually parallelopathing all these different parts, they're all part of my business now. They all contributed to it. So mm-hmm. it was meant to be in that sense. Like the comedy contributed to it. The improv training contributed to it. The writing does, you know, the whiskey knowledge and actually working on whiskey innovation, designing whiskeys helped with it. I have a background in food. All of that came together. And that's why Whiskey Stories is unique, I'm prepped to say, because it's the coming together of all the things that make me. love that and I love hearing this journey this story and you know like you said whiskey story so this is the story of how you got here and the journey and um, we're about halfway through and I wanted to ask you a question about some of the experiences that you have such as you know these learning experiences that you gain along the way so what has been one of your craziest um, misadventures it could be something that happened that was really good (laughs) or just really bad but you know just really unexpected um, that happened while building whiskey stories I think you probably hear this a lot, the pandemic, Mm, you know, um, the pandemic hit and it was literally on a day where I was getting ready to leave home to do a huge corporate experience in person. Wow! And it, we were literally an hour away from, I like to call it, you know, run of show. And they called and said, we're not doing it. And so there was all this, all this, all this equipment, all this food just in, you know, and, and we just ended up donating the food, you know, and just thinking, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do now. And the world shut down. Mm -hmm. So I had a prototype for a virtual experience that I had been procrastinating for a while (laughs) because I thought there was no place for it. And again, Yet again, every few years, the universe forces my hand. Mm-hmm. And so I, I felt like, all right, let's just launch it. And I had a multi-sensory kit and it went so well. And before I knew it, I had national coverage. And within two months, I was doing corporate experiences every day, virtually. And mm-hmm. I randomly found a following for whiskey stories in Hawaii who knew (laughs) uh you know and so now I have national coverage because of the virtual so that misadventure I suppose that's a very putting it mildly to refer to the pandemic but the crisis that the world had it forced my hand in a good way in this sense so I'm very fortunate where my business is actually thriving through that yeah. And, you know, I want I, I want to hear these stories as well, because what I think what was happening before the pandemic is that we all thought we had the world figured out. You know, this is how it works. One plus one equals two. The end. Boom. And then I think what they call it, like there's like the, the new way to do math. I feel like the pandemic was that it's like, oh, oh, you're not adding one plus one anymore. You actually <laughs> have to multiply it and turn it around and do 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 it this way. The new math way versus like the standard math way. <laughs> and some people are just like, what the heck is this? Where other places and businesses, we realized it was an opportunity to bring the world like shift the world. It was really that. I think the pandemic was just a shift that mm-hmm. affected a lot of people in a mental way, emotional way, physical, financial, business. So I think it was a it was a pause and shift to remind us 
you really have no control here. Um, but we wanted you to think you did. And now restart, <laughs> um, pivot. And it's not just one or two people where it's like an individual, you know, the universe is talking to me. It's like the universe is like, I want to talk to all of you, you know, pay attention. Just, re- just remember I'm in charge, not y'all. Um, <laughs> so that was really interesting to hear. And now as things are opening back up and, you know, folks are going hybrid, some people are staying virtual. Um, where are you now with whiskey stories? And then like, right after that, I want to talk a little bit about um, the fragrances. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. So, you know, where are you now? And then we'll talk, I would love to hear a little bit more about the you know, pivoting into fragrances. Sure. Um, so the hybrid structure is here to stay. Um mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing in-person experiences again. I'm doing the virtual as well. And the happy side effect of that is, you know, with my in-person, I usually like to not do more than 30 people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but in virtual, I can do as many as I want, right? So what's been a happy side effect of that hybrid structure is I am able to do larger groups of like 50 to 60 people where I use the virtual kits as an in-person thing. And it Mm -hmm. works really well as well because then the thing about the virtual and the kit is it keeps going. There are no pauses. Whereas, you know, our regular in-person experiences because it's a four course meal, there are pauses as we're bringing the food and I take them through either proprietary process and how I pair whiskeys. Our format is trademarked under my company. So the hybrid has forced me, has happily forced me to also see that I can scale. There's there's a scalable part of it to do larger crowds in person as well with our multi-sensory kits, but in person. So that really worked out nicely. Yeah. Nice. So another another layer of expansion. So another layer of expansion. So, and then Mm -hmm. now I want to, I would love to hear a little bit about that shift and what it was like to um, start doing fragrances. I didn't even know before you started talking about, I'm like whiskey and and fragrance. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Like I would, you know, tell me more. So um, all colognes and perfumes, the base is neutral grain alcohol, Mm. right? So that's the base of it. And so <clears throat> when I first started Whiskey Stories, uh, this was like year two or year three. Um, I had created these prototypes of, of the cologne and I used whiskey as a base because whiskey has so much to give. It's so versatile. And, you know, it, other parts of it are made like other colognes with essential oils and, and all of that and tinctures and all of that. But I used whiskey as a base because I was curious to see what would happen. And it works, you know, and I used to introduce it as part of the only the multi-sensory experience because 90% of your taste is driven by your smell. Mm-hmm. And people kept saying, oh, I would buy this. This is so <laughs> good. I would buy this. This smells really good. And both men and women liked it, you know, and that's where at first I was a little hesitant and then I launched it as a separate thing. As, as another tier to my business. And so that even if people can't come to Whiskey Stories, they're somewhere else, they can buy our colognes. Mm-hmm. Now you don't smell like whiskey. I took yeah. care of that. <laughs> it smells like a cologne, but it's got like a twist to it where it's got more 
depth, if you will, you know, and so I like that. So it's still a very much a big part of our multi-sensory experience. People love that part of it, you know, and then it also adds to it because once they experience that whiskey stories, they usually want to go and buy it. So it was just another tier to the business that added depth to my whiskey lifestyle, if you will, <laughs> you know, um, and so, yeah, that's how all of that came out, came about. Awesome. And so you mentioned, you know, you've been experimenting and making your own stuff. So do you still, you know, how do you manufacture the whiskey? Like, um, do you make it? Do you have a um, manufacturer somewhere? Like, what is that experience like for you? So the whiskeys, I don't make whiskey, so not yet. Um, so the whiskey bases are existing brands. Okay. So I use existing brands as a base. And yes, we do work out of a lab, um, you know, and so we process and, and develop it at a facility that we work with to create that. And so in that sense, um, I am using something that already exists as a whiskey base. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Um, thank you so much for sharing that story. And what I now want to ask you is about how has being an entrepreneur impacted your mental health? So there have been some up and downs. The universe, you know, have pulled you, has pulled you in different directions. And as entrepreneurs, I know, you know, that pull is heavy, especially when you have teams or even if it's contractors, no matter if it's full-time, part-time contractors, that that's a heavy pull, you know, that experience, um, the, the big client backing out right when you have hundreds of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff in your, um, in your vehicle that you're heading to this event with. So, you know, what, how has entrepreneurship impacted your mental health and what do you do to maintain a level of equilibrium? Well, I think there's a couple of parts to that. I think this is something you'll hear a lot of entrepreneurs say when you're working on your own business, you're really doing it 24 seven. Right. Mm -hmm. And so be sure that it is something you're truly passionate about. And for me, because of that, it doesn't feel like work. I'm always fine tuning in my head. I'm always thinking of things. I'm always doing that. Um, <clears throat> the one good thing is I'm nocturnal. So the <laughs> fact that my events happen in the evening, it works for me. So I actually, for my mental health, I don't set an alarm. Mm. I have not set an alarm in four years. I wake up when I wake up and it works. Um, and I, you know, and I always do it such that I allow myself to get that sleep. You know, I allow myself to enjoy things that I like. Um, I'm a big movie fan. You know, I, I also write for a magazine. I write movie reviews. I do satire and all of mm -hmm. that. So I incorporate day to day and corporate things that I like because, you're kind of, you're always, always thinking about your business. And okay. I do believe, believe that the creative downloads that I get are the aha moments. They don't come to me while I'm sitting at a laptop or it's when I'm out and about, or I'm experiencing life, you know, that's where they come to me and I'll be watching a movie and I'll see something and say, Oh, I, that gives me an idea, you know? So the idea generation can happen anywhere. So I look at that as part of my business, right? So, but that's, that's energizing. That's motivating. That keeps me going and it makes me feel excited. So part of your mental health, it really should be something like that. If you're going to make a business your life, do it with something that really, really excites you. So, you know, I get super excited 
the other part of, you know, that's um, part of the mental health is I have been guilty of trying to control every little step. Mm. So when I'm at an event, you know, when the team's working with me, I want it how I want it. (laughs) (laughs) And I have, you know, um, the fact of the matter is when you're like that, you're not going to enjoy it. And then you lose sight of the fact, no, I did this so I could be happy. So with that, you know, you relinquish, you let go and you, and I'm happy to say that for the most part, I've been pleasantly surprised. Letting go has had some very frustrating moments. And, you know, but the good thing is they've added to my stand-up comedy. So (laughs) it all works out. So, you know, I'm at a point where I love the people who work with me, the team with at the events. And it's just, it's beautiful, you know, and I laugh and I'm relaxed and I've let go and I love that I'm at that point where we can, where I can have that, you know, and I go to whiskey series and I'm not stressed. I know I'll figure it out. And I know that there will be mishaps. That's just the way it is. And I have faith that it'll get figured out. Awesome. I love that combination of just these learned experiences, having outlets to play and to interact with the human experience versus just work, work, work. Cause it is a hundred percent, you know, even when you're trying not to think about it, it'll come into your brain. Like I said, you'll see things, but if you purposefully put yourself in situations where you have that downtime, you have that release. And I love that, you know, you don't set an alarm. Um, your, your business as well as like your best schedule is working at night and, and working through the night. And I think a lot of people don't acknowledge that we're so stuck in, um, the nine to five schedule. And I don't, you know, and when people say the nine to five, I'm not just talking about working in a corporate job. I don't think working in a corporate job, there's anything wrong with that. I think it's just how the lack of flexibility and fluidity that we have to work the best way we can or interact with or a world the best way we can. Because some people, they are truly night folks. Some people, they need to be working in the afternoon. Some people, they need to be working really early in the morning. And everyone has a different internal biological clock that makes you know, some, some people, they get really excited about spreadsheets and another person will literally pass out <laughs> at the side of a spreadsheet. And so you yeah. have to acknowledge the skills and the expertise and the things that brings people joy and allow them to work and um, do, you know, serve in society in that best way fit that they are their optimal self, the, their best self. So I'm really mm-hmm. happy that you found that for yourself and, you know, and, and spreading that experience to others. Um, so now we're coming up to the end of the show and I love for you to share any piece of advice that you have for aspiring entrepreneurs, people that are thinking about starting their own business, whether it's, um, it could be in relation to the um, whiskey or alcohol industry, or just in relation to just whatever. So what piece of advice would you want to share with the audience? Um, I'll start with a cliched comment, but then I'll (laughs) elaborate. I'll say, if you have a business idea, just go for it. You get clarity by doing, right? So just do it. But I want to expand on that and say, you know, sometimes the best thing people around us can do for us is underestimate us. Mm -hmm. And if you can use that contrast to really dig deeper into what you really want and keep going and believing in yourself, it can really, really change the landscape where you were making quantum leaps and enjoying it, you know? And so it's about surrounding yourself with the right people. 
and the right avenues of abundance and that path will form, all we have to do is take a step on it, you know? So it doesn't mean you're going to go it alone. Don't be afraid to ask for help because I once heard somebody say, if you don't need help, your vision isn't big enough. Yep. And I don't remember who say that. I, <laughs> I like to say it's Emily Blunt because I love everything she says, but it may not have been. Um, but that really stayed with me because it's okay to ask for help. Just ask it of the right people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, surround yourselves with those people who will help you move forward because we are a function of our environment. Human beings are a function of, our, of their environment. So, you know, that's why people like Tony Robbins say, you want to be a millionaire, surround yourself by millionaires. Mm-hmm. And so allow that fuel, even if it's negative, to get clarity and it will work out and good luck. <laughs> I love that. Good luck, y'all. So thank you so much, Rashna, for being here with us tonight um, and sharing your story, sharing your journey. Those that are listening in the description, as well as in the show notes, you'll see links to check out Whiskey Stories. Definitely join one of their virtual or in-person experiences um, or bring, you know, reach out and have them come into your company. If you're a founder, CEO, bring those experiences to your team. Um, And, you know, I really want to have you all um, check check out her profiles and follow her and definitely definitely again thank you so much for being here with us tonight and we'll see you on another episode of doing the most the misadventures of entrepreneurship bye everyone